For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Two Houses and the New Testament. This is part five of the series. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to our study series on Two Houses and the New Testament. In this series, we are giving you a background and explaining to you that the central theme of the New Testament is the role of the Messiah to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. And so we are showing you examples of this being so in this study series. This is a part of a discipleship program that Hebraic Heritage Ministries offers that you can participate in this discipleship program by receiving on a monthly basis audio teachings or video teachings. This is meant to walk you through step by step so that you could understand the foundational teachings of the Hebraic roots of Christianity. Well, let's get going with our teaching series, Two Houses and the New Testament. Now, in this teaching, what we're going to cover is some very important principles, and that is that Israel, Torah, and the Messiah are one, and that what happens to Israel happens to the Messiah. What happens to the Messiah happens to Israel. And we're going to see how the book of Matthew is laid out based upon this principle. So first, let us understand how that Israel, Torah, and the Messiah are one. You cannot separate these entities because if you do, you will have a clouded understanding of the Bible. You cannot separate Israel from the Messiah. You cannot separate Israel from the Torah. You cannot separate the Messiah from the Torah or the Messiah from Israel. They are echad. They are one. They are linked together with each other. In the book, In the Garden of Torah, by Rabbi Menachem Schneerson on page 4, he communicates this principle where he explains that Israel, Torah, and the Holy One, now he's referring to what Christians would call God the Father, are all one. So we could apply this principle as 
Israel, Torah, and the Messiah are all one, given that we understand that Yeshua is one with his Father. Let's see some examples how Israel and the Messiah are one, and how what happens to Israel happens to the Messiah, and what happens to the Messiah happens to Israel. First, we're going to look at and see from Exodus in chapter 4, verses 22 and 23, that Israel is called the quote-unquote Son of Yahweh the Father. And you will say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. And I say unto you, Let my son go, that he may serve me. And if you refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay your son, even your firstborn. Yeshua is the quote-unquote Son of Yahweh the Father. Matthew, in chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, And Yeshua, when he was immersed, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Mark chapter 1 verse 1 it is written, The beginning of the gospel of Yeshua HaMashiach, the Son of God. In the Art Scroll of Genesis, volume 1, page 1045, it explains, based upon the commentary of Rabbi Raubeg, it is common in many languages that when a son emulates his father, people say he is his father's son. So Yeshua spoke those words that if you've seen him, you've seen the father. Yeshua is the son of his father. John chapter 14, verses 8 and 9. Philip says unto him, Lord, show us the father. And Yeshua said, have I been so long time with you? And yet have you not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. So how do you say then, show us the Father? Israel is the quote-unquote servant of Yahweh the Father. Leviticus chapter 25 verse 55. For unto me the children of Israel are servants. They are my servants whom I brought forth out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. And then in Isaiah chapter 44 verse 21, remember these O Jacob in Israel, for you are my servant. I have formed you, you are my servant. Servant, O Israel, you shall not be forgotten of me. Yeshua is the servant of Yahweh the Father. Matthew in chapter 20, verses 25 through 28. But Yeshua called them unto him and said, You know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever will be great among you, let him be your minister or your servant. And whosoever will be chief among among you, let him be your servant, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister or to be a servant, and thus to give his life a ransom for many. Israel is the quote unquote lamb going to the slaughter. Psalm chapter 44, verse 4, 11, and 22. You are my king, O God. Command deliverances for Jacob. You have given us like sheep appointed for meat, and you've scattered us among the heathen. Yea, for your sake are we killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep 
for the slaughter. Yeshua is a lamb going to the slaughter. John chapter 1 verse 29, behold the lamb of God, that is Yeshua, who takes away the sin of the world. Acts chapter 8 verse 32 and 35 it is written, the place of the scripture which he read was this, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb dumb before his shear, so opened he not his mouth. This is quoting from Isaiah chapter 53. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at that that same scripture and preached unto him Yeshua. So I've given you different examples here where you can see that what is said that happens to the nation of Israel is also said that happens to the Messiah. Yeshua is afflicted with his people. Isaiah chapter 63 verses 8 and 9 it is written for he said surely they are my people children that will not lie. So he was their savior. Who is their savior? It's Yeshua the Messiah. And regarding their savior, it says, in all their affliction, he was afflicted. The modern nation of Israel experienced their quote-unquote death in World War II with the Holocaust. And sadly, six million Jews were killed in the Holocaust. This was indeed a very tragic event. But Thankfully, it was ended in 1945. Given that the Holocaust can be seen as the death of the modern Jewish people, what then would be their resurrection? The resurrection came with the birth of the nation of Israel three years after the Holocaust ended in 1948. May the 14th, 1948, is the birth of the modern nation of Israel. The three years from the death of the modern nation from the Holocaust to their resurrection and establishing themselves being a nation, May the 14th, 1948. The reason why it was a three-year difference is because this parallels with what happened to the Messiah, that after Messiah died, he was resurrected three days later. So the death of the modern nation of Israel, that being the Holocaust, three years later, they were resurrected with the birth of their nation. Now, we're told in Hosea in chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, that there is to be a resurrection of Israel after three days. And it is written, come and let us return to the Lord. Now, returning to the Lord is returning to the Torah. And it also means understanding that Yeshua is the Messiah. For he has torn, that is, sent us into exile. He will heal us, that is, gather us and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. He has smitten, he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. And so the two days here is a reference to 2,000 years of time after the first coming of Yeshua. The reviving is a return to the Torah, and the return of the Torah comes about to the the ministry and the message of Elijah who precedes the coming of the Messiah as the Elijah ministry is to remember the Torah of Moses, Malachi chapter 4 and verse 4 in preparation for the coming of the Messiah in Malachi in chapter 4 and verse 5, as well as the events that precede his coming. But it's in the third day, Hosea chapter 6 verse 2, that he will raise us up, raising us up 
up means resurrection. That means from the place of death. That is exile, as we can see in Ezekiel in chapter 37, as Ezekiel was shown dry bones, and the dry bones is associated with the exile and the return of the land of Israel, the resurrection is connected with ending the exile. So it's in the third day that he raises us up, that is, gathers us from the nations of the world where Israel's been scattered. And then when he raises us up, we will live in his sight. So that third day that is being mentioned here in Hosea chapter 6, verse 2, is a reference to the thousand-year messianic era that at the beginning of messianic times, he gathers the 12 tribes of Israel and continues Continuing in Messianic events, Yeshua sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives, sets up his earthly kingdom, teaching the Torah to all nations, and the 12 tribes gathered are living in his sight. Yeshua was resurrected after three days, Mark chapter 8, verse 31. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. Now let's begin to look at the parallels of what happened to the nation of Israel happens in the the life and ministry of the Messiah. Now, the nation of Israel came about through a miraculous birth. There was a promise that was given to Abraham, and to carry on that promise, there was a miraculous birth of his son Isaac. When the children of Israel were delivered out of Egypt, that deliverance was a miracle that allowed the people who came out of Egypt to be officially a nation of people who the God of Israel was in covenant with. The nation of people was known as the house of Jacob. So the nation of Israel, whether it is in the beginnings with Abraham or coming out of Egypt, they came into existence by a miracle birth. And this is how the book of Matthew begins in Matthew chapter 1 by telling us about the miracle birth of the Messiah. Now, in Exodus, in chapter 1, verses 15 and 16 and verse 22, we're told that Pharaoh decreed the death of every Hebrew son, as we are told. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of the one was Shipra, and the name of the other Pua. And he said, When you do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a, a daughter, then she shall live. And Pharaoh charged all of his people, saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast in the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. This parallels with the the events surrounding Yeshua's birth in Matthew in chapter 2 in verse 1 where we're told that Yeshua was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king and in Matthew chapter 2 verse 3 we're told that when Herod the king had heard these things he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him and as a result Herod instructed that the young ones being born that they would be killed just like Pharaoh did. 
And then in Matthew, in chapter 2, verse 13 is written, And when they departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child, that is Yeshua, and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to kill him or to destroy him. The nation of Israel was redeemed or delivered out of Egypt. Deuteronomy chapter 26 and verse 8. And the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with great terribleness and with signs and with wonders. And in bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt through signs and wonders... Pharaoh ultimately pursued the children of Israel after he had said that they could leave. And when he pursued them, they came to the Red Sea. And ultimately, when the sea opened up and the children of Israel went through, when Pharaoh and his army pursued the children of Israel, they drowned in the Red Sea. In Exodus chapter 15, verse 1, it is written, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider has he thrown into the sea. And then in Exodus 15 verse 4, Pharaoh's chariots and his host has he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. What happened to the nation of Israel that they came out of Egypt and then they went through the sea is going to parallel what happens to Yeshua. Because we're told in Matthew and chapter 2 verses 14 and 15 when he arose and took the young child and his mother by night he departed into Egypt and he was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying out of Egypt I have called my son Yeshua and his parents Mary and Joseph they stayed in Egypt until the death of Herod and then they returned to the land of Israel and we're told in Matthew chapter 2 verse 15 that it was fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet out of Egypt I have called my son well the nation of Israel came out of Egypt and so what happened to the nation of Israel is now happening to the Messiah and where it says in Matthew in chapter 2 in verse 15 out of Egypt I've called my son it's quoting from Hosea in chapter 11 and verse 1 which that verse says when Israel was a child then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt so you can see in Hosea chapter 11 verse 1 that it does not literally mention the Messiah. It mentions the nation of Israel that came out of Egypt. So how is it stated in Matthew chapter 2 verse 15 that when the parents of Yeshua came out of Egypt and returned to the land of Israel upon the death of Herod, how does it say that that fulfilled what was said in Hosea chapter 11 verse 1 regarding the Messiah? when Hosea 11 verse 1 doesn't mention the Messiah. It is because of the Torah principle that what happens to Israel happens to the Messiah. And what happens to the Messiah happens to Israel. And that the literal of the written scriptures known as the Peshat, that it was given so that ultimately you would know that the true meaning of the text is not the Peshat. The true intended meaning of the text and what the text is meant to communicate is not the 
literal. It's not the Peshat, but it's the fourth level of the four primary levels of understanding the Torah. Now, these four levels are Peshat, the literal or the simple. Then the Ramez, which means allude to or making a reference to. We have the Darash. It means to draw out and it comes from Midrash, which means from the Darash. Midrash means from the Darash, from the drawing out. And then we have the Sod, which is the spiritual and the deeper meaning. That the rabbis teach that the Torah is like a man. And even as a man has an outer garment known as skin, this is likened to the Peshat of the scriptures. But the real person is on the inside, that which the natural eyes can't see. It is your soul. It is your spirit. And the the part that you see of the flesh only points to the true person who is on the inside. Even so, the real and the true meaning of the Torah text is the sowed meaning, and the sowed meaning is written to tell you all about the Messiah. And so that is how Matthew chapter 2, verse 15, in quoting Hosea chapter 11, verse 1, even though Hosea 11, verse 1 does not specifically mention the Messiah, that's how that that verse is speaking of the Messiah and why in writing the book of Matthew, it points in Matthew chapter 2 verse 15 to Hosea chapter 11 and verse 1 showing how what is happening here is a messianic prophecy. Now, in coming out of Egypt, the nation of Israel went through the Red Sea. And that coming through the Red Sea is a type of immersion. It's a type of baptism. So in Exodus in chapter 14 verses 21 and 22 it is written, and Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Now speaking of this event, Paul explains in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 1 and 2, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and they all passed through the sea and they all were immersed unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Matthew chapter 1 explains the miracle birth of the Messiah. And then Matthew chapter 2, the events surrounding his birth, wherein because Herod wanted to kill the young ones and was afraid about the Messiah and the threat that perhaps the Messiah would be to his rule, wanted to kill the young children. So Mary and Joseph and Yeshua went to Egypt. Then they come out of Egypt, just like the children of Israel. Now in Matthew in chapter 3, we see after Yeshua comes out of Egypt, he is being immersed in the Jordan. The children of Israel, when they came into the promised land, they crossed the Jordan River. Matthew, in chapter 3, verse 13, in verses 16 and 17, it is written, Then came Yeshua from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be immersed of him. And Yeshua, when he was immersed, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. When the nation of Israel came out of Egypt and they crossed the Red Sea, then they went into the wilderness. And there in the wilderness there was trials and temptations. In Deuteronomy, in chapter 8, verses 2 and 3, it is written, And you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God led you these forty years in the wilderness to humble you, to prove you, to know what was in your heart or not, whether 
whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and he suffered you to hunger and he fed you with manna. It was during these 40 years in the wilderness where the trials and the temptations came. This parallels the book of Matthew where after we have Yeshua being immersed by John that then in Matthew chapter 4 we see Yeshua being tempted in the wilderness. So I'm going to share with you Luke's account of this in Luke chapter 4 verses 1 and 2 and Yeshua being full of the Holy Spirit or the Ruach HaKodesh returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness being 40 days tempted of the devil and in those days he did eat nothing and when they were ended he afterward hungered and being redeemed out of Egypt the purpose was for the children of Israel to initially come to Mount Sinai where by receiving commandments of the God of Israel they would be able to serve the one who redeemed them out of Egypt now the one who redeemed the children of Israel out of Egypt the one that's the lawgiver is Yeshua the Messiah the children of Israel were to come to Mount Sinai well that's going to conclude part 5 of the series on the subject two houses and the the New Testament. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.